Hey everybody, welcome back to the One's Ready Podcast. That's right, I did it to you again. Not letting you know we're starting, just jumping right into it because I don't care. Anyway, um, we wanted to come on and talk about, or at least I did anyway. Uh, I'll just say it was my idea because I have the best ideas, right? No? Yes. Um, uh, who no. yeah, Chief? I'm contractually obligated right. to say yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chief. You've got the best ideas. You're so smart. You're the best. You're um, cool. <laughs> well, so I, and I don't. I actually don't know when we're going to release this because our production is is you know, eh, but um, <laughs> it takes time. <laughs> sorry, you know? I. It's Monday. <laughs> and I'm I'm having a great day already, like a, a legitimate great day. So I, I just ha- like to have fun. Anyway, um, <laughs> we have fun here. Yeah, we have fun. Yeah, <laughs> mandatory fun. Anyway, what we're going to talk about, or what I'd like to ch- kind of hit on, are kind of two different things because I've seen them seen them frequently in the discords and the um, our DMs is mentorship or mentors, and then you're finding your why like every everybody's stuck stuck on that kind of stuff so um i think one of the things that we should probably talk about is maybe our whys or what we have or maybe lack of or how we kind of came up with it and then we can talk about some of the mentors or people that have shaped us in a life as as more of a, a thank you and also ways to kind of pick those out so um like i said i I think we will probably drop uh, Dr. Brittany uh, Loney, Looney, uh, her episode first before this, but she actually walks through a, and Trent, I know you weren't there, but at, at the end of it, she kind of walks us through a five whys. Uh, she, she does an exercise of the five whys and it's kind of like, Hey, why do you want to be Air Force Special Warfare? And Aaron came up with this very concise and eloquent just like wham and it it kind of took her by surprise but at the same time you know we've all three of us been doing this for over 20 years so we like we have a defined we've done we've done plenty of professional developments that have helped us develop this we we've been doing the job long enough that we know exactly you know why we are doing it and that has probably changed throughout the years that is for sure changed throughout the years for me um, because my why now is not the same when I was 17 coming through. Um, That's still it, just money. That's it. It's, <laughs> it's just money. I'm, I'm telling you, you have picked the wrong job. Then. <laughs> yeah. Geez, oh, he's in. Just, yeah. Boy, there are so a, many other things you could be doing. What a shitty oh, lie. Show myself out. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> but uh, like it, it was, it was productive. And I, and I think that that's, you know, although it may, you know, the three of us may already have a, a well refined why, um, I think some, some people out there, obviously because of the discord and some of the DMS is people are struggling with that. And they were like, you know, Hey, what is your, why going through, um, ANS? What is your, why going through SWIC and throughout the pipeline? Because it's, it's a big commitment. You, you say, I'm going to spend two and a half, the next two and a half years. Um, and then potentially three and a half years, if you count the development beforehand of committing to this job, committing to getting ready and passing, um, before we kind of go into it, you guys got anything on that specifically? Kind of what I'm rambling about. All right, cool. Aaron, Aaron, <laughs> go. I was, wait, I was waiting on. I was waiting on Trent. Yeah, um, You're concise and eloquent. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I would define myself as concise and eloquent. No, f- getting to your why is going to be a tough one. And you're totally right. It's going to change. It was different for me when I came in. It evolved by the time that I cross-trained. It evolved throughout my career. And I'd have a completely different answer now. You know, And I don't even know if I would agree with younger me with what my why is today. You know, my younger, my younger self would, would question, well, how did you get there? I don't even understand that. So I think it's going to change the, the basics. And what we talked about with, you know, Dr. Loney was, you know, you really have to, to peel it back. You have to almost ask yourself why have a debate for yourself, say, okay, well, why, why am I doing this? And that first answer, it isn't, it, that's just the first layer. That's your first answer. You have to really dig in to what that means, because what you're trying to get to, and we've talked about it before is, what is an enduring principle? What is an enduring set of values? What is an enduring thing? Like your why has to be bulletproof because you are going to, you are going to rely on that. You're going to reach for it. So if, if you haven't done the work to, to get to that, that center nugget of exactly what it is, like as you question yourself in those times at ANS, and it's not just, you know, you getting just absolutely smoked to death and you're just tired and you're at your physical limit. It's like, in between schools going to SWIC and getting screwed with every day, you know, you get have a weird Tuesday down at joint base San Antonio and you get dropped 20 times because some knucklehead can't figure out to tuck his shirt in or, you know, you're, you're after dive school, you get back to San Antonio and you're like, Oh, thank goodness. No more of that. And then you get hit with a water con session on the weekend because some idiot had a dip in his mouth and saw some cadre member somewhere like that stuff happens for like two years. So you're why it can't just be, you know, your why has to be strong enough, not only in those moments of, okay, you did 4 million pushups and you're carrying a log and you haven't slept in two days. Okay. Yeah. That's the easy button, but is your why strong enough to keep you from losing focus and doing dumb stuff and getting disciplinary actions or going out and drinking too much on the weekend or letting your physical fitness slip or not studying like you should there. It, it's a, a lifelong thing. And that's just the pipeline. Like we're not talking about, you know, throughout your life in the career, once you graduate and get on team and all these other things, like your why has to be bulletproof. So unless you do the work, unless you really sit down and try to figure it out, you're, it's going to falter and you're not, it's going to falter at the wrong time. And that's where you see people quit, you leave the career field, do all this other stuff. So, um, yeah, Dr. Dr. Loney's episode was amazing. I don't think I was that eloquent, but we'll, we'll see what it is. No, you did. Cause I, I listened <laughs> to it as in, cause I wanted to figure out what she called it. Cause Right. You know, everybody calls it different things. Yep. And she was calling it, you know, your, your five whys. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she went right into it and, and you just yeah. <laughs> really interesting but episode. On, honestly, Dr. You've, crazy. So like kudos to you. You've gotten that feedback before from Ivan Reese. He, he has even given you that kind of that feedback before you like, you're, you're pretty eloquent. <laughs> Aaron's really good at accepting compliments as well. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make me feel weird publicly. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it stop it, stop it. <laughs> yeah, this on just, purpose. Can we just go on? <laughs> but I, yeah. I, I think I don't know if like the foundation of your why changes. You know, like like we all want to provide value. You know, like when I look at my my younger self and I'm like, oh, I had a, a chip on my shoulder. Like, why did I have a chip on my shoulder? It's because I wasn't I wasn't fulfilling my potential. I wasn't providing the value to society that I, I felt like I could. I felt like I was, I was letting people down because I wasn't doing what I should be doing. And while the label of my why has changed many times and it has, you know, uh, as my abilities and stuff to provide value and, and the people that I care about have changed so that that label has changed on the surface. But I don't think that the, the foundation of the why has really changed that much. Could you do you think you could have defined it early on, though? Like, 
No, uh, yeah, for dumb. sure. For, for sure, the label <laughs> has changed. Yeah, right. But I think okay. So you, you said you didn't want to let anybody down, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and it, it, it's a weird thing too. Like it's like I don't know why I'm doing this necessarily until you know I get into the Air Force and I, I put my name tag on that that has my last name on it, and I know I want to make my parents proud. I don't want to keep letting them down. I don't want you know to like have my last name associated with nothing but dumpster fires. You know, and I'm an angry little dude and I, I want to do something with my life and prove all the people that in my mind were, were doubting me wrong, you know, which they probably didn't think about me at all. But, you know, like 20, 20, whatever year old me is like, well, I want to I want to provide value. I want to do something. I want to make something of myself, which is it. I think when you're younger, you the, the label is more self-centered, even though that's not necessarily the, the truth of the matter. You know, yeah. you want to provide value. Isn't that funny? The, like the, I think the language that we're using, and you know, start with why by Simon Sinek came out in two thousand nine, right? Now maybe people were talking about their their why, you know, before that, but maybe that that whole moniker is it came with by Simon Sinek. Maybe I, I don't know. Uh, I'll give credit to him, but it you talk about, you know, I'm I'm got my my family name on my chest. Everybody knows it. Everybody can look you up, especially now we're, you know, very public. Um, you, you're representing your community. Every time you put that beret on, you're representing your small special reconnaissance PJ CCT career field. Then you're representing the great old, greater Air Force special warfare. Then you're representing, you know, SOCOM or the special operations. Then you're support, you're representing the Air Force and then the DOD and, and now, oh, people from Vegas or people from San Antonio or, you know what I mean? So it's like you are representing your community and stuff like that. And that, that why and that servitude, because that's, that's what I think it, it truly comes down to is servitude. And I think like, yes, we have defined that between, between all of us throughout the years because, but I could have never told you it was servitude at the very beginning because it wasn't servitude at the beginning. It was, I want to do cool guy shit. That's mm-hmm. what I want to do. I want to jump out of planes, shoot guns. I want to dive. I want to ride motorcycles. Um, that's what I wanted to do. Had nothing to do with serving. I wanted to be, I wanted to have fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, and some of it's like, you know, the challenge too. And I've, I've said this speech to cross trainees before is sometimes you see, you see, especially people that fail in doc or in assessment selection the first time their why is like, they want to avenge that loss. Like they want to go into the pipeline because they failed and they want to go and they want to make it. I was hyper aware of that. Like I was lucky enough to get some really good feedback, um, you know, as I was getting ready to, to cross train. Um, and I've told the story before, but I had a, a colonel that sat me down, you know, every, every single day for a week, you know, an hour out of my day, you know, sometimes with my spouse at the time would sit me down and be like, why are you going back in? You need to explain this to me. And one of the days she would have a theme essentially every day. One of the themes was, you know, is this just about doing what you could do before? Cause it's not enough. It's not enough just to go back and pass this test that you, you failed before and that you have these problems with. She's, you know, and she was really clear about that. And at the time I was mad at the time. I didn't want to take that feedback, but it was actually really, really good feedback. Cause it made me dig into the why a little bit further because it wasn't good enough just to be like, well, I failed the first time. And I don't want to fail a second time. Okay. That's, that's bullshit. You cannot, that is, that is not going to help you in your dark times. That is not going to get you through some of those situations that we talked about before. That is a, that is a hollow reason. And that would have just faded away if that was it. 
but it forced me to be introspective and actually dig into the why and and go okay wait is this just about failure like do i just want to go do this thing because i failed the first time and i want to i want to prove to everybody that i can do it the second time because that's that is a very narcissistic and self-centered view of what it, this thing was supposed to be you know what being a pj was supposed to be it's not just about passing the test of the pipeline and people people screw that up all the time with us we see it every day in the dms and you know on the discord and like oh, i want to make it through the pipeline i want to get all these cool schools and you know what 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 can I do to get my beret? We're like, guys, that's if, if that's your focus, it's okay to to be a little bit short sighted. It's okay to let that be your five meter target because we preach that all the time, and I agree with that. But that can't be your why. You can't just want to win all the time, uh, you know. And that's as a guy that wants to win all the time. I'm telling you, <laughs> it has, that was, that was weird that you just said that. I know it has to be deeper than that. It can't just be about winning. It can't just because you, you're not going to win every day. And I'll tell you that from, from this hard Ooh. lesson that I learned, you're going to lose. There's going to be days where you don't win. There's going to be days where you suck. There's going to be days where you betray that name on your chest or that other name tape that says U S air force. Like there are going to be days where you don't live up to the motto. There are going to be days that you suck. And unless you, if it's all about winning that first day that you lose, the first day that you get set back from a school, that first day that you, you fail an event, that first day that God forbid you get set back in the pipeline, that you're going to have a, a lot of questions to answer to yourself. Because if it's all about winning on the days that you lose, like, and it's, I can come up with a million of hyperbolic examples, like a million of them, you're that that's going to suck. And you're going to have to figure that out. So your why has to be deep enough, not only to, to be there in your successes, but to be there in your failures. It has to be the bedrock of what it is that you, like, that's your rock bottom. Like when you hit rock bottom, when you think that you can't go another day, you can't do another event, you you better be standing on your why and going, okay, hold on. This is, this is where we start again. This is where we start to fail fast and all the other things that we always tell people go forward from that why. Man, this yeah. is a guy who who has uh, participated in some failure lately. That, 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 that hit hard, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't uh, know, man. Like, and it's a hard thing to to explain, and it's an even harder thing to get somebody else to to understand. When people ask, "Well, how did you get to your why?" I don't know through failure and through thinking that I wasn't going to be able to make it, and through a, a number of different things. Where my that's why your why has changed. It's mm -hmm. it's like a piece of iron. Like when you first start out, you just had these raw materials of what you think your why is. Sure, everybody wants to serve. And hopefully it comes from a good place of, I want to serve my country and defend the Constitution and our way of life here in our Western culture and all this, all these other things, right? Like you, you would hope that it starts there. But sometimes your why starts off with, ah, this is really, really hard. And I think the mission is cool and I want to go do it, right? And then as you as you see what the mission is and as you're as you grow up and you change, half the people that are trying to come up with their why, their brains aren't even fully formed yet. They're under 25 years of age. They don't even have a fully formed adult human brain. To which it's okay if you can't find your why and you don't like, mm -hmm. it is not the, it, it is, in my opinion anyway, it is not the make or break of whether or not you're going to make it or not. Mm -hmm. If if it is that surface level to where I just love the mission and I want to do something hard and I want to challenge myself, that is is enough to make it. Okay. But if you're doing it for somebody else, like if you're doing it because, you know, your, your dad used to be a PJ or something like that. And he, you know, he's forcing you into this or, and that doesn't, that doesn't mean that's, that's not just for, um, you know, air force special warfare. That could be for seals, pilots, freaking whatever. Anything. Right? Yeah. 
if you're not doing it for yourself, one, you're not going to have fun. Two is there's, especially when it gets hard, there's a good chance you're not going to make it. Well, and and you don't need the hundred percent solution, right? Like it, we we talk about this, this journey that everybody's going to go on, you you know, like you make it, you make it partially, partially the way up that mountain or or along that path. You're going to find other stuff. You're going to find reasons. Like you don't have all the answers. Like you don't know what the job is about. You don't know what you're doing. Really. You're going to pick up stuff along the way. That's going to help you out. Or you should be, you should be looking for stuff to pick up along the way. So like when we talk about why and mentors and all these other things, like it's not the same thing day to day and you're going to need, you're going to need stuff that you don't have right now. Once you make it to, you know, that terrible day where you fail and, uh, you know, and you, and you want to quit and you're going to need, uh, some, some people to reach out to or something else to reach out to that you found. And, and I think that's what we're saying is it's, it's all malleable and it's all amorphous and all this other stuff. Um, but, but you just need enough to get started. And then, and then figure it out because then you're going to find out like if you vibe with it, if it's something that you really want. And then like, then you're going to find out what you're willing to do to, to get the rest of the way. Once you have a clearer understanding of what it is that you're doing. My favorite feedback from anybody that's ever quit assessment selection or in doc or, or whatever else is they'll be like, Oh, I don't know, man. I was just thinking about it. And, you know, the job really isn't for me. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're a cone at Lackland. <laughs> you never did the job. Like I, you would, you would be shocked how many times I've heard somebody say that like people on people on my team that I watched quit. No kidding. Said something to the effect of, oh, I don't know, man, I just don't think this is cracked up, <laughs> you know, all cracked up to be like, what, what are you talking about? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, well, the, the, there, there is the point where reality hits, right? Like it, it all yeah. looks cool from the outside. And, and so like, we're, I think there's two sides of the coin is like, people will talk to us and be like, I want to do this job. And they ask all these questions. You're like, you don't know anything about the job. Just try it out. And then what, once you get there and you're talking to like, dudes, you're in the air force and you're talking to your instructors and they're telling stories and you're just like, Oh, Oh, like, like you lost friends. And like, this is a reality. Like if I just don't yeah. quit and I keep going, I will actually be expected to do these things. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people legit show up and find out and they're like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I, it's not what I thought. It's going to take a lot more than I thought it was going to take. Yeah. Dude, so you're you saying talk that, about, did we yeah. talk about some of the things that incredible things that people have done within the Air Force Special Warfare or SOCOM? Like it, it is humbling on a whole nother level. Mm-hmm but you are absolutely going to be expected to do that because if you get put in that extraordinary situation, you've got to be able to perform. There is no cowering behind a rock. There's, there's cover. <laughs> there's getting cover and concealment. <laughs> right. but there, it's going to say I'm sitting right that, here. Stop that, it. <laughs> there is, that is different than cowering behind a rock. Right. Um, I, I just, yes, you are going to be expected to do those kind of things. When, and, and, and it's not just in combat or in a, you know, you come upon an accident or, you know, wildfire or house fire, or like, I mean, it just keep going, 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 right? Like there is an expectation. It's kind of like what, what I've said. Uh, I don't know if I've said it on here or not, but you know, I, I can seal carry everywhere I possibly can. And the reason why is because. I have the, the military has trained me to a certain level, um, that most people will never achieve. Right. And I, I see it as a, a, 
it is my duty to be able to protect the myself, my family, and those around me, people that I have no idea who they are, because maybe nobody else can. And I, and I have the training to do so. It's just like, and, and I know that there's a, a Samaritan law or good Samaritan law or whatever like that. So like there is a difference between me coming up on a patient and Aaron coming up on a patient, mm-hmm. right? Or do you have to be a doctor for that, Aaron? No, you don't. So okay, almost right. everywhere gives you good Samaritan protection, but there is essentially if you're medically trained and you make yourself known, you sort of have a duty uh, at that point. Like if you walk up and you're like, ah, I'm a paramedic and they're like, oh, this guy is freaking dying. You have to help. And then I go, nah, dog, I don't, I don't really want to, uh, you can't really do that. (laughs) Especially if you have medical training, it's uh, morally and ethically questionable. Um, but for regular good Samaritans, if you just walk up to help, usually you're protected in that case, but right. And and the, what I'm getting at by the protection and and again, please, you know, correct me to, to write, but, um, you know, if, if I were to do medical procedure on somebody being not medically trained, then, Hey, I'm, I'm protected. Like I couldn't be sued afterwards because it's not, um, not, uh, malpractice. Yeah, or whatever, exactly. Right? Yeah. Most, whereas, most states. Are yeah. Good. Yeah. Whereas Aaron, if he were to come there and he were to trach somebody and mess it up. <laughs> yeah. Which is highly likely which considering is, which is my likely. level of medicine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he may be subject to uh, yeah. some kind of lawsuits. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I, I get what you're saying about the concealed carry thing. I've said it a million times. I, I don't know how many times I've left the house and I've gotten kind of, you know, the look and l- like, oh, come on, we're, we're just going to the store. I'm like, yeah, I know, but people get shot in stores all the time. There are evil people that do evil things. And, uh, you know, it was, it was out of the book on killing, uh, Colonel Dave Grossman way back in the day, but there was a story of a, he interviewed an off duty cop, um, that said that he would never go to church unarmed. And he said he would never like, you know, I'm never going to church unarmed. And Colonel Grossman asked him why. And essentially the quote was, I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I was just, you know, cowering with my family in the pews as this stuff happened, because it happens all the time. And, you know, it's played out. There's a million stories of, you know, people walking into a into a church or a place of worship. And that cop said the same thing. He said, I'll never be unarmed because I have a duty to protect Mm -hmm. people I've been given you know, the skills in order to do so and the ability to do so. And I'll never be essentially never be caught lacking. Uh, Cause if you, if you stayeth strapped, you do not geteth clapped. And that is a truism. Preaching, preaching gospel <laughs> over here. <laughs> the Jeez. gospel of peaches stayeth strapped or getteth clapped. <laughs> Got oh, geez. Well, so, um, so would you say that if you are a, a, a cone in the pipeline and you don't have a good reason to quit and just because it sucks, do you have a duty to keep going because you have that capability to be there? Yeah, because you yeah. raised your hand and you volunteered. You said you would yeah. like that. People forget that, too. Like people are like, oh, it's, it's always an option to quit. No, it's not. You said you were going to do something. Yep. You wait. You okay. spent a year of your life getting ready to go. You told your family you've made sacrifices. You owe not only to yourself, but you owe everybody around you not to quit. You owe the recruiter. Yeah. You owe the the developer that spent all Mm -hmm. that time and effort on you. Yep. You owe that's, that's your first, like people forget that, you know, these oaths that we take and these, you know, when, when we raise our hand and we say that we're going to do something that you owe something, it's not just like, well, I'll try. That's no, that's not what you said. You said I'll support and defend the Constitution of the United States, defend it against all enemies, foreign and domestic. I bear true faith and allegiance to the same. I signed my name on a contract that said I was going to be a PJ. 
like you, you got to go do that now. Like that's step one, go do what you said you're going to do. Get to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Trent, you, you kind of transitioned there, um, a little while ago, before we go into that, um, if I tell a tackle that I'm going to use their stuff, then I am most certainly going to use their stuff. And I would, if I were you, go check them out at tackleeat.com. They got the bundle packages, one-stop shop, or you could go to onesready.com and you can buy a tackle bundles and all their individual gear straight from our site. And the discount is already built in. Um, you could do that too. And then while you're there, pick up some stickers and some shirts or flags or whatever. But uh, a tackle is phenomenal equipment. It is the exact stuff that you're going to be using in the pipeline. Um, so why use something else that you're like, Oh, I don't know if they use this. They've got the high volume mass. They've got the rocket fins. They've got the same, uh, rope and diameter rope and the flexibility rope that they use in the pipeline that you're going to be required to tie knots underwater. Like, so train with the stuff that you're going to fight with or that you're going to get selected or non-selected with. And if you do go to their website, attacklate.com, use the promo code one's ready 10. That is one's ready 10. Um, but again, you can go straight to our site and buy their stuff as well with the discount already provided. And then, uh, what do you guys think about that old Eberly stock? I've heard about them before, but that bando, we already talked about it. When I'm, <laughs> when I'm talking about leaving this house with, uh, with that thang on me, as it were, God, I can't wait to get made fun of for the dumb things I've said during this podcast. <laughs> um, it's definitely going in the bando bag. I love every single pack. I don't know how many Eberly stock bags I have now, like 10. <laughs> so, you know, Trent and I just traveled to, to Colorado Springs. Both of us had, uh, the bang bang bag that was, uh, completely set up. And what was, what's the other bag that we just got, Trent? I, I have too many bags at this point. It's like the, the upranger. Yeah, the Upranger is the heat. So it's got all these compartments that you can make for whatever it is that you need, not just, you know, for hunting, but all of our camera stuff, all of our, you know, influencer gear fit in there. But it works great for a range bag. It works great. I was looking at it, I was like, oh man, this is a perfect mountaineering bag. You can make a space for rope and all of your other hardware. So check out Eberly Stock OR10. So OR10 is the code over at Everly Stock. So go check them out. Any bag that you need from concealed carry to an everyday pack. I love the switchblade. Uh, that's my everyday pack back and forth uh, just to work and, and everything else. So all the way up through gym bags and technical gear. So they got everything for you. Go check them out. Everly Stock, OR10. That's right. Yeah. Go to these places, invest in yourself. You know, Spend some time investing in yourself and not just like, expecting everybody else to invest into you. And and I think it's a lot easier to quit if if you feel like everybody else is pushing you in a direction and you're not doing any of the pushing yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you do those hard workouts outside of your development session and all those other things, like I think those are more important than the development sessions themselves when it comes down to like, hey, you're expected to perform on a very personal level. So if you don't do any self-investment before you do any of these things, I think it's easier to just be like, oh, like I didn't really want to be here. Like I didn't invest in myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't make this personal. I don't care about that oath. You know, Dang, that's, a, dude. that's an ad read that turned into a mentorship session. You know what I mean? Like, ooh, I'm trying. <laughs> there was some feelings behind that. Well, I mean, but it's you, true. You, you see these folks that want expect everything to come from an outside entity into them. Like, oh, what 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 can I get out of this? And I, and I get being young and a little narcissistic, right? Obviously, but you if you don't do anything, if you don't spend your own money. on on gear before you join which is not a requirement right if you don't spend time by yourself working out 
you're testing yourself and investing in yourself. And all you do is like, I go to development sessions. I do what they tell me to do. You know, like I show up and I use the gear that they give me, you know, like it's all like on somebody else. It's, it's, you're not, you're never making it a personal process. If you don't make it personal when you are young and narcissistic, I don't think it's going to work out for you very well in the end. Well, when you think about it, the like, okay, so not, not trying to throw out an ad read there. Right. But if you, if you invest in equipment from a tack late, what were we talking a couple hundred bucks? If you mm-hmm. get the, 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 you know, Alice Ruck and all that kind of stuff, spend a couple hundred bucks, um, with Kevin Edgerton at 18 out fitness, right? It like just in, in on and on less than a thousand dollars. We'll just say, if you just kit it out completely, not that you would ever need to do that or go that much, but in the long run, if that helped you, I'll tell you, you, when you're in the pool and you're drowning or you're on a ruck or a run and you are hurting so bad, you would gladly pay a thousand dollars to get out of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to go, yeah. Or make to, it, to, make it hurt less. Or I just want, give me a breath. Right. I will pay whatever amount of money. Just give me two minutes to breathe. And, but, but being able to invest in yourself and, and, and that level of training will help you get to that. You know, we've, we've talked about it before. The, the pipeline is 80% mental, 20% physical, you know, and one of the, one of the discord questions is like, Hey, do, do, P, do we focus too much on fitness as a recruit? Do we focus too much on fitness? I'm like, no, because even though, and they said it because it's, you know, primarily mental versus physical. I'm like, but in the, that range of using a hundred percent, if I can, take 20% of that and never have to worry about passing an eval, never have to worry about like, okay, this hurts, but like, whatever, you know, not worried about having to get all my pull-ups, push-ups, runs, whatever. That's 20% that I can just free up my mind to really focus on that 80%. Mm-hmm. So no, yeah. we don't focus on fitness for recruits too much because of that. Yeah. Well, and newsflash, your entire career, that is almost always the first thing that you say about a guy. We all do it. You're like, oh, you know, <laughs> X guy, you know, Dave Johnson. Oh, yeah, dude, that guy's a beast. And then K-Dub. you're like, oh, he's a, yeah, he, yeah, exactly. Yeah, K Dub. K Dub is a freak of, na- you know, Matt Beach is a freak of nature, Olympic level athlete who also just happens to be a great controller. But like when you talk, when you're like, oh, yeah, this guy. But I'll tell you what, you say it the other way too. You're like, oh, that fat piece of crap. Like yep. he's, He's a, he's great on the mic, but he can't run 400 meters. You know what I mean? <laughs> like those, those things are out there too. So, you know, we expect a high level of, of physical fitness, but it, it kind of goes back to, to that. Why people respect high level. When I look on Instagram, right. And I see dudes and, uh, and chicks, guys and gals. And when I see somebody that is in ridiculously good shape or doing something, that is some, you cannot buy that with money. You have to invest in that over and over and over again. When I see, we have a good friend, Shay. She's a fitness competitor. She's done remarkable things to get ready for her shows. Mm-hmm. She's a beautiful person. I know her personally. She's friends with me. I love her. She's awesome. What's up, Shay? Uh, but anytime that I see her pictures, I'm just like, oh my God, that is that is two days in the gym and weighing every ounce of food and making sure your vitamins and your supplementation is on point. That is getting up sore and tired and not feeling like going and refusing to stop. When I mm-hmm. see somebody that's in that level of shape, it's a discipline. It speaks to their character. It's something that you cannot purchase. You can't just get surgery. There is no pill. 
That is waking up at 5 a.m. to go do fasted cardio when you just got out of the gym less than eight hours beforehand and you were just trying to get to your next workout. That's what that is. And that's something, you know, do we focus on physical fitness, you know, too much? No, because that's a level of discipline that we want. You're not going to feel like training every day. You're not going to feel like working out every day. You're not going to feel like doing these things. And it, it transfers to everything. You're not going to feel like studying. You're not going to feel like showing up to your next training event and being completely mentally engaged. You're just not going to. We need to instill that discipline in you to go, okay, no matter what, I'm going to get this task completed no matter how I feel about today. Um, and it goes back to your why. Your why has to be there when you don't feel like it. You have to know that this is your bedrock. Okay. I understand that this is my why I'm going to go today and I'm going to get this work done. Yep. Well, and, and you know, those people have, have transitioned from a uh, extrinsic motivation to intrinsic motivation. Right. And, mm -hmm. and you see that. And even when you like go, you go to a development session, like you can see who's there because they want to be there. Like maybe mm -hmm. they don't actually want to be there, but they're going to be there no matter what, you know, that they have that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not something that's happening to them anymore. It's mm -hmm. something that they are doing. Right. And and that's what all that physical fitness and spending all those hours and time in there and, and creating that discipline. That's what that leads to is, is that intrinsic motivation that you're going to have to have in order not to quit. Because if it's all extrinsic, external, whatever, and you don't have that discipline, you're going to quit. Yeah. It's funny. Like I, I like, you know, I've heard it before, but you just said it, Trent, is, um, you know, you're you're there. You're happening to it. It's not happening to you. Um, and and admittedly during a pipeline, at least, you know, with being that young, I, it, it was happening to me. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. It was happening <laughs> yeah. to me that like there was, there was no, now we would joke and say like, dude, I get paid right now. I am in the pipeline. I am getting paid to work out. I am getting paid to get trained. I'm getting paid to jump out of planes. Like, okay. Yeah, sure. Still get paid to do all that now. Right. But there's a lot more that comes along with that. <laughs> but in the pipeline, it just, Hey dude, I'm getting paid to work out. Mm -hmm. That's what it was, but it was happening to me instead of me. Like I am here to deliberately get better. It yeah, was, being I was an active on, participant in the, yeah, in the process, an, right? Yeah. I was a, a NPC just <laughs> trying to survive. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great way to put it. But we, we would say that to the students in, at Kirtland, you know, at, at the apprentice course, we'd be like, Hey, you're an active participant in this thing. Like being a, you know, we we say there's a, a phrase that we use all the time, just nugging it out. Like if you're just a nug, mm -hmm. you're just showing up and hut, hut, hutting through your day. You know what I mean? I got to take this bag to this thing and I'm going to get yelled at in this specific way. And then, then it'll be over and I'll go back to my dorm room. And thank goodness. Um, we used to tell people like, you're not, you're not a nug anymore, dude. Like you're an active participant in this training event, show up and be ready to train like an adult. Like that's, that's a hard thing for people to get used to because for a lot of the pipeline, like we turn people into nugs because it's, it's enough to just have the right gear and show up at some point in your pipeline. It, that's enough. Like you don't have to be this superhero. You just have to have the right water bottle taped the correct way with a pen and a piece of paper in your little bag and show up with your little outfit on and that's it. And I love that, that we always keep going back to tape the water bottle. I, I know because it just makes you so bad. But it's like when you put it like stuff like that, like, you know, I'm in the very early parts of the pipeline. I'm just telling you what outfit to show up in. And sometimes you can't get that right. Like, why are you wearing those clothes in that way? That's not what I told you to do. And people are like, what? I wore the wrong clothes. <laughs> Yeah, but but I think we just uh, touched on something very important too. Like when you are on that 
that part of the process, telling yourself whatever you have to tell yourself and your buddies to keep going mm-hmm. is incredibly important. Like that, that whole thing can be your why. Like putting off quitting till tomorrow can be your whole mm-hmm. why at the end of a, a really long day. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I can't quit till the morning. Can't quit till the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, wake up, be surrounded by your buds, go to breakfast or whatever, or grab breakfast or whatever yours are doing and be like, okay, well, can't quit till tonight. Yep. Can't quit till the end of the day. Yeah, we yep. used, and we used just, to do a hey, can't you know, it's Monday, first day of the week. You can't quit, you can't on, quit a Monday. on Monday. Yeah. You know, you don't know how it's gonna go. So I will say though, we took this all the way to its logical conclusion, and I do know when it's okay to quit. So Wednesday you can't so Monday we already covered. Wednesday is halfway through the week. It's hump day. You can't quit on well, on Wednesday. No. Thursday is Friday's little brother. Okay. Yep. It's not as cool as Friday. But it's still pretty cool. If you get through Black Thursday, you feel bulletproof on that bus <laughs> that bus ride home. You know what I mean? Like you're singing on the bus and everything's cool. Friday, come on, bulletproof Friday. Friday. Nobody quits on Friday. Tuesday yeah, is Taco Tuesday, and that's that's afternoon, right? But I will say, from seven o'clock until like about noon on Tuesday, you have nothing to live for. Like there is not like if you quit on a Tuesday at around like nine thirty, I'd be like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, it makes the sense. weekend is gone. It's the a weekend, distant memory. Mm-mm. You're sore no. from Monday. You've got a whole bunch of days lined up ahead of you. It's not Wednesday yet. Haven't had tacos yet. Haven't had tacos yet. You don't. You can't even look forward to tacos. If it's before lunch, you can't even look forward to tacos. Because if you have an afternoon pool session, you don't have tacos before a pool session. That's oh, not, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> you learned that once. You want yeah, yeah. <laughs> tacos? The whole team learns that once, <laughs> dude. Oh, I, oh man, my favorite of all time. I and every I think every team probably has a story about this, but you know the instructors are intimating that you're going to have a really easy afternoon. Hey guys, they're serving spaghetti at the Chow Hall today. No big deal. Just go eat as much as you want. And then the scunion comes in the afternoon, and people are throwing up spaghetti and tacos. What a great day that would be! Spaghetti taco day. Oh boy, dude. Some and. Some of those times were supposed to be easy times. Like, yeah. I don't know how many times we took the students out on like an easy run. Right. And just the cones just start falling apart and making mistake after mistake. After, and it turns into like this smoke session that's worse <laughs> than any. Like the instructors are out there like, we didn't want to do this, guys. We're, like we're, legit. You're forcing our hand. Like <laughs> forcing our hand here. Like I don't really want to be doing this. You a corner with your behavior. Yeah. And I'm screaming. I'm, I'm losing my voice. I'm sprinting. Like I don't want to do this right now. This is ridiculous. Just do what I tell you to do. <laughs> well you made me do this to you what yeah. an abusive statement and i love like as a cone like it's it's totally an abusive relationship like there are some times when i got back to the dorms and i would look at everybody and I'd be like guys we made them treat us like that <laughs> we they didn't want to do that to us we made them mad <laughs> like this is it's not that's true though yeah <laughs> this is not this is not a healthy relationship <laughs> but they are uh, many of them, not all of them, maybe, but they are mentors, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit, a little they, bit. They can be, not all of them, but I mean, I, I'm sure that there are, um, you guys could probably name them from, from each of your respective timelines or when you went through the pipeline. Like I know I can, you know, I've got Mike LaMonica, Bob Rankin, um, you know, uh, Jeff Gilmain. Mm-hmm. Westbrooks, Aaron May, like all, all folks that were instructors of mine, but they weren't the only ones that were, that I looked up to. And I, none of them were perfect. And I, I think I've got a, you know, preface this with saying you can pick as many or as few mentors as you want, but if you put that person on a pedestal at some level, 
they they will falter. Oh, yeah. They are not perfect. It, you know, they will disappoint you. Yeah. Um, with that said, though, like it is perfectly okay to take a little bit from every single person that you look up to, um, and and that is taking the good and taking the bad in terms of you you see the bad, you recognize it, and you go, that is something that I am not going to do whenever I am in a position that they are in. In fact, mm-hmm. I, I have learned more from from that than I have from hey, this is a good thing. Um, but I also looked at folks that I was in the pipeline with as, as mentors, you know, um, you know, I, w- I went through the pipeline with Matt Allen, Nate Salvamini, yeah. and, and each one of those, they were older than me, but it, like we were in the pipeline together and I, I looked at them as, man, I can take something from them. Um, and it was fantastic. Obviously my, my ultimate mentors were, you know, my mom and dad, but like, I still during the pipeline learned so much from, from each and every one of those. And there's just naming a few. I mean, that's just in the pipeline. Then you start talking about getting to team, you know, you're, I, I know, uh, Trent, I don't know if you know, wild bill Adams, but I know Aaron does like how much, how much have, have both of us learned from bill Adams? Oh, man. I, the days? I got, it's probably even, even in my career, and this is going to come as a shock to you, but I've had my ass chewed a few times. Even in that the pantheons of Ashwing, Bill Adams, he's still like a top three. Yeah. Uh, fun story. Uh, old sausage fingers himself. There was a, a <laughs> short guy. I'll call him Butters because I'm not sure where he is. I hope he's okay. But this guy was walking on Milton Hall. He had his hands in his pockets in his beret, right? Somebody from across. Now, I, I hate when people yell corrections. I it's I just absolutely despise it, right? Like when you just like scream a correction across. I think you you deserve everything you get in return right so some guys like hey get your hands out of your pockets this guy with his beret on milton hall there's only like eight pjs there at the time like you couldn't hide it was not like you could pretend you were someone else (laughs) so he goes hey get your hands out of your pockets the guy doesn't even barely turn i was like eat a dick (laughs) to this guy (laughs) turns out that guy was the wing chief at lake and heath so uh, the, the, the kid that did it is young staff sergeant. I was a staff sergeant too, but I was like further along. So I, cause I was across from you, I was older. So, and his supervisor was deployed. So technically he was like my guy, Bill Adams calls me downstairs and proceeded to just absolutely destroy <laughs> me in his office at Milton hall. Like I walked upstairs and my, my ears were ringing for a little bit <laughs> of how bad he jumped two feet. But I, I'll never forget. Cause like, as soon as it was over, he was just like, we understand each other there, Sergeant Love. And I said, uh, he was a senior at the time. I was like, yeah, yeah, senior, we do. <laughs> I just walked out of his office. But that was my funny, the funniest one of all. Get your hands out of your pockets. Eat a dick. I, was, yeah. I, was like, I went to oh, the guy. No. I was like, did you not even turn around? He was like, fuck that guy. I was like, <laughs> oh. I agree, but at least turn around and look and see who you're yelling at first, man. Maybe. Uh, is there a nuance in there? He did not care. Yeah, salty senior airmen and young staff sergeants, like the, the things worst. that we used to say. <laughs> oh yeah. my god, yeah, I think he might have been like a senior airman or a very young staff at the time too. And it was just, I was like, oh my god, like I got an ass chewing of a lifetime for you just deciding that you didn't like that guy. Sweet, you know who I am. I yeah. put my hands in my pockets. 
was like Damn the man. worst part about it he was dead wrong like you were wrong you're not supposed to walk with your hands in your pockets like he didn't even he didn't say something that was mean or that was untoward he did it in a way that you didn't like but you were still wrong and then he had to like track him down too because he just said he's like he was like yeah whatever and then he just continued to walk he, he would just continue to walk to his car i remember that version of me those, those are some good times <laughs> It's a uh, cautionary I'm, tale. I'm You're not supposed to version. do that. <laughs> yeah. I think some of my, my best mentors, though, have been people that had absolutely no idea that I was looking up to them. Mm-hmm. You know, like people that I wasn't friends with or had conversations with, but I was just like, you know, you just see those people. And, and, and I, you know, I don't, I'm not going to name names. A lot of these folks are, are still in and, and working in places that we're not going to talk about, but like, or just, uh, and it, it had nothing to do with rank. It was just like, I would, I'd pay attention to people. Yeah, and be like, I need to be more like that guy over Boy, there. Boy, I would yeah, like, like to be like that. Yeah, I I can think of ten people off the top of my head right now yeah. that I'm just like, wow, I'd really like to. I that guy's a great PJ. That guy's a great leader. That guy, you know, yeah. and it wasn't always operators either. It was yep. you know support folks that I've worked for them. Like, wow, you you know, in a really tough environment to lead in, you know, being a support person leading in a squadron of operators mm. is a challenge oh, in tough. and of itself. And to see those folks that can step up and lead in that environment, I'm like, wow, you you are a leader on a different level that I am not. And I would really like to be like that. Yep. A bunch of people at- out there that don't even know exist that made a big difference in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's a, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because, I mean, dude, it's you'll never know who you're influencing. Or I say influence. I, I don't like that word. Um no, we have influencer kits and everything now. Didn't you hear Aaron? <laughs> yeah, Aaron said we had influencer kits. Um, <laughs> I hate you. <me>. You'll <laughs> you'll never know who you're who you're shaping. How about that? Yeah, like, you know, in, in mm-hmm. the good good and bad ways. Yeah, you know, um, because you know somebody is always watching, and I don't mean that from a 1984 deep state kind of thing. I do. They are. They are. Always, they are always. Yeah. They are always yeah. watching, but. Other than that, you know, other people are watching and, and it's not just people that are younger than you or, or, you know, lower rank or, or look up to you. It's, it's also people who, who are established or who are, um, have, you know, quote unquote made it that are also looking at you and going, Ooh, I want to take that piece away from them. Cause I mm-hmm. like the way they did that or good God, I will never treat somebody that way. Yeah. But like the, the, that senior airman staff sergeant, right? That is is way off out, out of line doing certain things. Like I don't know how many times in my career, like I've hit those like those lulls, and I'm like, I need to find some motivation. And those guys, though, that they're just like top of the world. Anything is possible. Nothing can stop them. Like they haven't, you know, they've only been in for so many years. Like it's intoxicating to be around them. Like uh, the, oh. the number of young guys that I look up to, and like I'm like, I need some of that energy. Like I need to find that in myself again, and and get my butt moving. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. Yep. I mean, yeah. Tell tell anybody to go go eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Dig it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I love it so much. I love that story. <laughs> I love it. Even I mean, really? Like I, no kidding. Like it was. It was real, at that time too. It was like a pretty dramatic event for me. I still love it. I love every second of it. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I say kudos. I say kudos to him, man. I'm glad he did it. Not because you got your ass chewed. <laughs> But because that wing yeah. chief probably needed to hear that. Probably. probably. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to tell you right now, as somebody who, who is a chief, um, there, are <laughs> some not, like there is some not great ones. Himself. There are some not great ones out there. 
yeah. to which like for for the folks out there like i i don't know if we've talked about this before but they're they're what i've been told and sure i agree with it is there are e9s and then there are chiefs mm-hmm. there are a lot of e9s out there there are there are unfortunately and they're careerists um that that all they wanted to do was become an e9 and unfortunately that's not actually who we need and i'm i'm not saying that from a Air Force Special Warfare aspect. I mean, I'm sure there's a few out there, but I'm saying it m- mainly from the the big Air Force um, aspect. Like, there's just there's a lot out there that just wanted to be E9s. It's like, yeah. If you want to be in charge of people, if you want to have power, you probably don't deserve it. You are probably the not not the right person for it. You mean yeah, when you all. label yourself as a leader and oh a mentor and think that you're you're the boss? Like that's when things go wrong. And well, it happens everywhere. It happens in politics. It happens in the yeah. corporate world. It happens in, you know, just daily life. You know, those, those people that, that want authority, those people that yearn for authority and want to put themselves in a position where they feel like they have authority because people, people screw up authority and respect all the time, right? Respect is the baseline respect. You should have respect for people. But when people say that you should respect me, a lot of times what they mean is I want you to recognize me as an authority that does not give you the same respect that I expect from you. And that is not a good thing. That is a very bad thing. So like all all the folks that I mentioned, but at the same time, like since, since we uh, commonality, we, we both know Bill Adams very well. Mm -hmm. Never ever has he ever, he is, he's demanded respect because of his actions yeah, he commands it, respect and not, it, not it, demands it, respect and he is he is undeniable yep. he is undeniable in one of the best operators i've ever i've ever met or worked with mm-hmm. he is always squared away he is always three or four steps ahead of me and anybody else i've ever known to include commanders which can get you into a sticky situation mm-hmm. if, if you were making the commander look bad which he that is not his intent, but he is just that good. Yep. I, man, I love working for that dude. Mm-hmm. Golly. Well, like imagine, and this is a personal experience. I'm going to drop it. Imagine if the commander called him and is like, "Hey, man, I'm going to make somebody else the uh, the SEL for the squadron. Like you're still going to work here, but I'm going to make I'm going to give someone else that title. Would that change his level of influence in that squadron at all? He still runs it. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't like, he's not interested in the title. The title means nothing. Like, I, I, I think just thought it was funny. Cause like I got called into my team sergeant's office one time and he was messing with me. He's like, I'm going to fire you as an element lead and put this other dude in charge. And I was like, cool. Like that dude's hyper capable and I don't rank him, but I don't care. You know, like who you are means more than, you know, the label or whatever else that's, that is put upon you. So those are definitely the people to look up to, not just like, this person is a, a, a commander or a, a chief for a reason. And I like, like attaching yourself to those things. No, no, no. Attach yourself to the, the competent and capable people that, that are, it doesn't matter what the label does. Yep. Man. All right. I'm done having a love affair with Bill Adams. <laughs> I don't think you're ever done. The <sighs> one cautionary tale that I want to put out there, cause I've seen it happen in the DMS. Like we've been talking about mentors and we've been talking about, you know, I love that we made the kind of the parallel of, you know, invest into yourself you know, even if it's just an investment in training gear, even if it's just an investment in a gym membership, like if you invest into the process, it's good. I want to, I want to just put one thing out there because I've seen it a lot. We'll get DMs where we'll be like, oh, I'm looking for a mentor. Like, I want you to be my mentor. And you're not even in like the debt program or you're not even in, you know, whatever. You have to earn that mentorship. 
you have to have, you know, mentorship is a two-way street. It's not just a mentor holding your hand and guiding you through it and, and helping you, you know, do all these things that we just spent an hour telling you not to do, right? Don't just show up, be part of the process. Make sure that you're investing in yourself and your teammates and everybody else. When you ask somebody else to be your mentor and you haven't done step one, that shows me a self-awareness that you don't have. And that's a bad thing. So I just want to put that cautionary tale, that little tidbit of advice out there for you. You know, there's people in the discord, there's people in the DMS like, Oh, I just, uh, I listened to this podcast and I'm thinking about becoming a crow. Can you give me J max contact information? <laughs> and we're like, no, dude, <laughs> no, we won't do that. Like we're here to help. We're here to help you invest in yourself. We're not here to provide you our friends' contact information as the easy button because you think you might want to do something. It's, it's a, that, but it's also looking out for J-Mac too. Right. Like J-Mac's extremely busy. And you know what? J-Mac would probably say, yeah. He probably it. would, yeah. And I don't want to put him in a situation or any of them in a situation where um, I just pile I just piled work onto their uh you know their plate, their yeah. pile their their plate yeah. and and well like, and, and and we respect these people you should respect the people that could be your mentors by not starting out at step 0 like don't right. insult them by coming to them and being like you need to give me everything it's like that's not what mentorship is mm-hmm. mentorship is you have uh we see something in you you have um some uh you know capability or or potential that with a little bit of help we can help get you there but you have to show the potential first don't come at us with like zero potential, zero capability shown and be like, no, you need to take me there. It's like, that's, this isn't a train that you just hop on. Like you need to start peddling, bro. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and also that mentorship, uh, may not always be something you want to hear. You're not ready. <laughs> you're not ready. You should quit. Take it easy. President Biden. I don't know why you're whispering stuff. But... Quitters and cones. Quitters and cones. Episode <laughs> four. You're not ready, Jack. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> God, okay. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> thanks for. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave us a review, and uh, hit that notification bell. That way, you know when we're dropping them because uh, we're just wild and crazy like that. We just just drop randomly. So, never know. All right. Later, fellas. Later. Later.